This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. And it's Good Friday, but I feel like it's Great Friday. It's awesome. Ah, there's three of people over here that think it's great too. No, that's all right. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hey, um, hey, before we dive in, like this is a separate worship experience tonight. Easter weekend is going to be unbelievable as well. So I wanna encourage you right now to be thinking of who you can invite. And like, don't, don't invite people the wrong way to Easter. Do it, do it the right way. The wrong way is saying, hey, you should think about going to church. Hope to see you there. That's the wrong way, all right? The right way is saying, what time can I pick you up at your house and bring you to church? I'll buy you lunch. You know, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll, we'll do whatever. I'll meet you here. Like, that's the right way to do it. And I would say, here's the challenge to everyone in this room. Like, if you come to Elevate or you go to some other church, it doesn't matter. Step up and make the invitation to wherever you're going to take someone because it has the potential for eternal impact in their life. Like, just do it. Like, just like, be bold about it. Just you know, those friends, those family members that you have, like, invite them now. They will come, uh, and I promise you, uh, you will not be sorry that they did on Easter uh, weekend. Of course, we're always going to talk about Jesus. That's what we do. Uh, but it's all about his saving grace for us, and we're going to kind of, uh, it's just going to be a great weekend, so invite people. Tonight, though, it's all about this. Tonight is all about the cross, and what I want us to do before we even dive in uh, to, the, to the word tonight is kind of, we're going to read through a portion of scripture in Luke 23, and I want us to do it as if we were there, as if we were in that moment of Jesus walking down the Via Dolorosa, right, to the place where he would be crucified so we can have this idea of all that's happening, all that's, that's taking place in that moment. If you have your, your Bible, let's read this in the shadow of the cross. This is the crucifixion. Uh, as Luke writes, he says this, as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Look at this, a large crowd. Picture this large crowd. A lot of times we'll, we'll think of the, the crucifixion of Jesus or maybe you'll see it you know, on, on television, some depiction of it. And it's kind of a few people. You know, there, there might be this line of people scattered in the street. But here's what we need to know. Uh, the historian Josephus tells us about maybe three million people in the city during that time. Like three million people in a three-mile radius, you know, of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the, the center for religious worship, and this is during the Passover festival. So people from all over would be coming. When, when it says crowd, it means a crowd. It, it doesn't mean a few people lining the streets. We're talking about 
a crowd of people, a large crowd trailed behind, including many grief stricken women. So you have this large crowd. You have, have these women there that are, that are sad. Uh, verse 32 says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to the place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then look who else was there, the soldiers. They were gambling for his clothes by throwing dice. And the crowd watched all this, this massive group of people looking on, seeing these events unfold. The crowd watched the, the leaders scoff, those ones that wanted him on the cross in the first place, saying, save yourself. You know, he saved others. They said, let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers there, too, mocking by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him also scoffed at him, saying, you're the Messiah, are you? Well, prove it. Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man, he hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. And by this time, it was noon. This all started at about 9 a.m. By this time, it was noon. Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with the words, uh, he breathed his last. Then the Roman officers overseeing the execution saw what had happened, and he worshiped God. And he said, surely this man was innocent. And then look at this, all the crowd, that gathering of people that came to see the crucifixion saw what would happen. They went home in deep sorrow, but Jesus' friends including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood watching at a distance, stood there watching. That word is kind of what I want to focus on tonight. All the people watching, all the different eyes that were looking upon the events that were unfolding. You have, you have the, the haters that were there, the, the Pharisees that were there, of course, the high priest, Caiaphas. You know, he was probably there making sure, you know, that everything was a going according to plan. Of course, you had all the he eyes of heaven, right, watching this happen too. Their, their eyes were watching as God's son was being crucified. You had his followers, some there, some not there. In fact, they, they fled in, in fear. You have his mother there uh, who, was, who was watching this happen. You have uh, his, his, his brother there. You have John there. All these different eyes gazing, looking upon these events. You have the Roman guards, the ones that had whipped him and beat him and, and spit on him and, and mocked him. They hung the sign, here's your king of the Jews those guys were there 
to, and also these two thieves, right, that, that walked to be crucified to the place of the skull along with Jesus, one on his right, one on his left. Those guys are there to think about the crowds, all the different eyes watching this happen. And what's interesting to me is not just the, the different eyes kind of looking upon these events, but also the different responses from the different eyes. I mean, you have people there that were kind of um, committed to the cause, but others that were just simply confused, maybe not even knowing what was going on. You have some that were um, bewildered, that were beside themselves, others that probably couldn't even be bothered by it. You have those that were, that were galvanized you know, with, with the cause, others simply gambling for his clothing. You have some that were in pain, and then those that were paralyzed, not knowing what to do in the next hour, the next day, the, the next week to come, just not knowing what their next step was. You have those there with hope, and then you had those with hate in their hearts that wanted him gone. You have those that were expectant, looking to God, wondering what would happen. And then you have others that were trying to explain the events that were taking place. So many different people, so many different eyes watching around the cross, trying to make sense of all of this. So many different eyes of people responding in, in different ways and a city, again, full of people, three million plus perhaps. It was packed and all this taking place in these final hours of Jesus's Life And what's interesting to me in all this is how some people can see the same event, watch the same thing, but they can interpret it differently. I always think that's funny, that people could come in this room and perhaps it's even gonna happen tonight, that you'll hear something said, something spoken, and then you'll go home later on and talk about it, and you'll say, hey, you know, when, when he said this or when, when that was mentioned, you'd be like, oh, what are you even talking about? Like, you can be in the same room, experience the exact same thing, but interpret it completely differently. And that's what's going on around the cross. And, and for me, like, I love to think about that because I'm a, I'm a people watcher. Like, not, not in a creepy kind of way. I haven't crossed any lines that I know of, right? But I like to watch people. In fact, Erie, Pennsylvania, is one of the best places in the world to watch people. Like, we have Waldemir in the summertime. Like, that's some good people watching right there, right? You know what I'm saying? Or the Lake Erie Speedway. You want to see some crazy stuff. And if you're in for, like, this is not part of the message, but if you're, if you're in for a real people watching adventure, go to the dirt track, all right? Um, like that's, that's next level people watching right there, all right? I'm just saying, that's crazy. But I like to watch people. I was in, the, I was in line in, at the DMV um, not that long ago and getting my license and I love going, going in there because I like to see all the different reactions. People there for the same thing or, you know, getting, getting their license renewed or whatever it is. And all these different people in that moment with completely different responses. You can tell who has margin in their life because they're, they're patient and they're, they're happy and they're okay. But you can also tell the impatient people. You can tell the people who are in a panic 
who are the people who don't wanna be there, the people who are tired, who are angry, or the people getting their license for the first time. It all depends upon your experience, your background, how you respond to these events. And it was no different on Friday. Millions of people in this city, perhaps some not even aware of what was happening in their own backyard, And all this is unfolding, some focused on it, some committed to it, people watching, waiting, confused maybe. And it was people just like us from all walks of life everywhere watching these six hours in history. There's never been another six hours quite like this that has meant so much to the world. And I've thought a lot about that event and I've thought a lot about those people standing there, I, I've been, you know, I've taken that journey down, down that road to where Jesus was, was crucified. And, and I think about that, and I think about the cross that, that he took on, on our sins, not because of anything that he had done, but because what we had done. Not because of his sins didn't, didn't land him on the cross, it was my sins, it was our sins that landed him there to pay a horrible price, by the way. Crucifixion was awful. I don't have to go into the details. You've heard the stories. A horrible price, but he was there so I could live. He was there paying for my transgression so I could have true transformation. He was becoming guilty so I could find life and liberty in him. And so here's my goal And tonight, as we move into Easter, I don't know how you're gonna respond to the cross. Like, I don't know how you respond to these events, but with all my heart, I don't want us to be people off in the distance. I don't want you to be just another onlooker. I want you to be fully engaged, fully aware, fully present of the events that happened. I don't want us to be casual about the cross. As we move into Easter weekend, I want the motivation of what, what Jesus did for us to be our motivation to fully live. Our motivation to continue to press on, to continue to run after, to continue to chase after the things of God in our, our lives. Because the cross has a message for us. Did you know that? There's a message in the cross, by the way. And, and in fact, there's two messages in the cross today. And I'm, I'm a visual aid kind of person. That's why we have the cross up here. I'm that guy that always loved when the teachers would bring visual aids in the classroom, you know, because I'm like, I'm finally gonna remember something because I'm terrible with that. So my prayer is that, that you remember this. The first message uh, that the cross gives us is a vertical one. And the vertical message of the cross is that there was nothing I could do to get to God. The Bible says that all of us have sinned, all of us fall short of God's glorious standard, and that all sin separates us from God. And you and I couldn't pay our own sin, we couldn't earn our own, like, own way to God, so how do you get to someone who's holy? You don't, he comes to you. And so the cross is a reminder, vertically, that God made a way to come to us, for us to be in relationship with him. That's, that's the first message that we see of the cross. The, the second 
message. The second visual is that it, it is a horizontal message. And that is because we have a relationship with God, it wasn't meant to stop there. But it was meant to impact all the relationships that we have in our life. This, this vertical relationship that we have now with God influencing, impacting all of our horizontal ones. It was always meant to bleed into these other relationships. That's why now we can have life-giving relationships. We can enjoy this fresh kind of way of living. We can have marriages restored. We can, we can forgive each other. Like when you, in light of what God has done for us, in light of the fact that he has a relationship with us now, now we can forgive each other because we've been forgiven. Now we can love one another because we've been loved. Now we can serve one another because we've been saved by what he's done. It was always meant to have this vertical and this horizontal message, meaningful to, to all of us, that we don't speak the same way to each other anymore because of what God's done for us. We don't view people the same way anymore because of what he's done for us. We don't, we don't view each other with, with bitterness or malice or pride. We don't let any of that, that lead. It was always meant to impact our relationships because he's made us whole and healed from our past. Now we can live in the present whole and healed as well. So it's vertical and it's horizontal. And in just a few moments, we're going to um, take communion together. But before we, we do that, I want to give you some reminders. Because of what Jesus did for us, because of the cross, there are some reminders that you and I need to have as we move into Easter weekend. The first reminder is this, and that is because of the cross, it means I am valuable. I have value. At the cross, an unbelievable price was paid to send an undeniable message. Hey, if value is, is determined by what price someone is willing to pay for something, then God did an appraisal on your life. He ordered an appraisal and said, hey, how, how much is this person worth? And it came back, well, it's worth the cost of my son. And if nothing else, you go into this Easter weekend just remembering how much he loves you and the value that you have. The cross is a great reminder of your worth, that he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. You should be reminded that you don't have to pay for your sin because it's been paid for, that we simply believe in the, the one who died for you and we receive that because God wanted us to have a relationship with him. Here's, here's what's interesting to me about, about the day that, that Jesus went to the cross is that all around the cross there was, there was religion, right? I mean, Jerusalem was the center of religion. Religion was all around the cross, but on the cross was relationship. Hey, on the cross was God so loved. On the cross was you have so much value so much worth. Even though there was religion happening everywhere, God wanted to have a relationship with you. It should be a, val a reminder of your value. The, the second thing it should remind you of is that I have a choice to make. I have a choice. As I look at 
all the people that were around the cross, as I look at all those eyes and the different responses that were happening, here's something you should know. There's not a lot of neutrality around the cross. Not a lot of gray. Not a lot of, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. You have a choice to make. The two thieves, right, that were crucified on the right and on the left of Jesus, they had a choice to make. One embraced him, one rejected him. It's a reminder that you and I have a choice, a daily choice to make. The Bible tells us that we are to daily pick up our cross and to follow Jesus. And I love thinking about when Jesus told uh, one of those thieves, he said, hey, today you're gonna be with me in paradise. And the moment he gave up his, his spirit that we read and, and he walked into paradise, guess what? That thief walked right in behind him. That's amazing. And all these eyes in heaven on Jesus and here comes the uh, God's son and then right behind him comes this, this thief who never did anything right in his life, who, who made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, right? Let everyone down, let his mama down, let his daddy down, I don't know. Made all these terrible decisions except one. All he had to do was make one right decision. And in that moment, he chose to believe in Jesus as the son of God, Jesus as, as the Messiah. And guess what? It should be a reminder that you have a choice to make too. In fact, at the end of your life, when you stand before God, you're gonna be asked two questions, just two. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What's the choice you made about Jesus's life and death and resurrection? What, what did you do with Jesus? That's called the, the great white throne judgment. And then you're gonna be asked, what did you do with what I gave you? That's the, the judgment seat of Christ. God's gonna ask you those two things. And daily, you need to make a choice. What do you do with Jesus? And what do you do with all that God has, has given you? It's a reminder for me of the choice that I have to make. And you know what? I believe that this weekend at Elevate Church, there are going to be hundreds of choices made to follow Jesus. I can't wait to see what God's gonna do. I believe that. I do. And it's a reminder that I get a fresh start. His mercies are new every morning. It, doesn't it feel good to get a fresh start? Like, doesn't that, doesn't that just sound good to say, I get a fresh start? Now you get a fresh start. Don't sometimes you need a fresh start like in your, in your marriage where you just say, come on, honey, can we just start over? Let's just have a fresh start. Or maybe with your kids or even your, your adult kids. Hey, things weren't going so well January, February, March. Can we just start over? Can we hit the reset button? This is a reminder that I get a fresh start, that all things are new in Christ. I'm a new creation. If I'm in him, I get a fresh start. It's also a reminder that I have hope. It's a reminder of my, my hope. I run into people all the time that have no hope, and it's terrible not to have hope in something. But the cross is a reminder that Jesus, Jesus didn't stop short. Jesus didn't stop short on conquering death for me, so I don't have to stop short either. That because of what he endured on the cross, guess what? It's a constant reminder that he is always 
with me, that I always have hope in Christ, that he says, I know the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so the cross is a constant reminder of the hope that I have in him, that I'm not alone. And so no matter how difficult things get, no matter how hard things are in your life, you still have hope. Jesus endured the cross for you. And you'll never be alone. It's also a reminder of this. I can be healed. I can be healed. The scripture we read in Isaiah, right, says by his stripes, we are healed. There is healing power that is available to us. Like this, the, the Bible says that the same spirit that, that allowed Jesus to conquer death and to be brought back to life on the third day now lives in you, now lives in me. So because of his death and resurrection, the cross is a reminder to me that I can be healed too, that I don't have to walk through life constantly giving in to the same patterns, constantly, you know, in, in pain and, and hurt and loneliness, but I can find healing in the cross of Jesus. This, this power and this presence is always with me. One more, one more, is that it's a reminder that I have freedom. No matter your mess ups, no matter the fact that maybe you walked in here tonight and said, I can't believe I did it again that you do not have to be held in bondage to sin. The Bible says that whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And how did the Son set you free? Right here. Because of the cross, you have value. Because of the cross, you can have hope. Because of the cross, you, you get to make a choice every single day on what you're going to do with this life that you've been given. Because of the cross, you have freedom. Because of the cross, you can be healed. And so I think about the events that day and all the crowds gathering around. I, I wonder what was going through their mind. Did they, did they see a, a weak Jesus on the cross? Did they see a, an emaciated Jesus on the cross? Did they just see him as, as someone who was just the sacrificial lamb? Or did they understand that the cross is also a battleground? It's also the point in history where God slammed the door on death and destruction in your life by allowing his son to pay the ultimate price for you and for me. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com.